0: to church today and everyone joining us online from all around the world i wanted to put distractions away from you and get ready to be blessed by the teaching and preaching of god's word everyone joining us from all of our local expressions uh from greater lecky to lippon church to ekoi to uh, Maryland Ikeja to Korodu church and also everyone joining us from our international expressions from london england from greater toronto area uh in canada and every other person who's joining us online from all around the world, and everyone that will partake of this service uh, uh, through, uh, uh, you know, um, on-demand uh, watch after now, I pray that the God of all grace will breathe upon your heart, will cause His word to find entrance into your heart. In the name of Jesus, that His word will bear fruit in your life. That this word will bring healing to you, Amen. it will bring restoration to you, Amen. it will bring you into the full expression of the redemptive power of God Amen. in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we ask that you speak through me today and cause the thought of my heart, the, the meditation of my heart to bring you glory and to impart grace upon your people. We thank you everlasting Father. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Somebody say it better. Amen. Amen. Can you imitate your neighbor? Say it's time to level up. To level up. Say God has a plan for your life that supersedes your own plan. So say gain alignment Amen. with the plans of God so you can level up. Say so get ready to level up. Praise God. All right, I'm going to read from the scriptures, Matthew 26, from verse 26, an encounter of Jesus with his disciples. But before I do that, the first teaching in this series, which I believe will impact your life and bring you into a new awareness of the power of the covenant and the need for you. To walk in covenant with God. Let me quickly say this. As we are in this room, and for people joining us from all over the world, there are all kinds of relationships that ensue in this room. Some people are sitting by their spouses. Yeah. They are in covenant with those men and women. Some people here are sitting beside friends. There's a friendship agreement. Some people are sitting beside quote-unquote strangers. There's no relationship at all. Some people are sitting beside acquaintances, people that you just, you just come to know in church. If we ask what kind of contract or agreement do you have between you, you say, ah, no, there's nothing, nothing. You know the way some people say it quickly. Full disclosure. We just saw in church, we smile at each other, nothing. <laughs> that's how some people... <laughs> While some people, you cannot deny them. If you deny them, you will not be able to sleep. (laughs) Because your conscience will bear you witness that there's something deeper. God also wants relationships with men. The only thing is that he has a penchant for covenant, not casual relationships. But many of us feel, that we'll be okay with anyhow relationship. No definition, no boundaries, no implication. Just live and let live, just do it anyhow. That's not how God works. These are the things we want to emphasize through this teaching, and bring us into the fullness of the realization of our lives as stewards. As subjects of the great king and as a people who must walk in a covenant to be able to come into the full realization of the price that was paid for us we're just you know just coming out of Easter where we have emphasized the death and resurrection of Christ and the big question to ask ourselves is to what end to what end to the end that we who were outside could be brought in to become a valid member of the household of God. And by that, I don't mean church. I mean is family, real family. That's the essence of the shared blood. That's what brings us into covenant. You see, when you see people who second-guess the existence of God, one of the things you will notice is that they don't have valid experiences. When you meet Abraham in heaven, you ask him if God exists. He will tell you, if you were there at Mount Moriah, when I was about to slaughter my son, and I saw a ram caught in a ticket, you would never doubt in your life whether God exists. Because that is not an circumstance. It's a covenant experience. (laughs) When God has showed up in your life before, oh, this one that you are crying, God, let me, let me, you will know (laughs) that God is faithful. (laughs) Glory to God. Actually, the experience. Uh, I mean, just need to make. uh, I really don't like carrying burdens. Jesus has bore our burdens. (laughs) This one is burden. It's burdensome. That's why I always prefer this one. This one does not look redemptive. (laughs) (laughs) Glory be to Jesus. (laughs) You You see now, I have to carry it for the next how many minutes? Yeah. But God will forgive them for me. Yeah. Father, forgive them for they do not know. Glory be to Jesus. All right, so, you know, I'm sure it will work better next time, but I'm, I'll make do with this, yeah. Carry my body with me, okay? Encourage me. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is, this, this, this is where I'm going. This kind of experiences that Abraham had that made him not to doubt that the covenant that he has with God works. Those are the kind of experiences that I believe God is ushering some of us into. The amen is not strong. When we say God is faithful, if you have never been deprived before, if you have not had to wait for anything like Abraham, in Genesis 17, I'm going to read it soon. After 99 years, God showed up to Abraham and said, walk before me and be blameless, and I will, I'm coming into a covenant with you. Uh, when you haven't had those kind of experiences, you treat the covenant anyhow. Because it looks like everything has been for you, you know, like just a given. Everything is just walking, walking, walking. So when we say God is faithful, yeah, God is faithful. Yeah. You pay mental assent to it. But when you have gone through stuff, you have worked with God. You have seen Him show up in dangerous situations. You are, when you say God is faithful, you are saying it from a deep place, a very deep place, from a death that is only understandable by you and people who know what has transpired in your life and by the Holy Spirit who has always been there. To walk you through it. Whether we like it or not, our lives are governed by agreements, contracts, and covenants. Yeah. Our lives are governed by agreements, contracts, covenants, and all those kind of things. Some of us here now, we have, some people have like 20 agreements running in your life right now. From rent, which you have signed, to employment contract that you have signed to a car notes that you have signed. So how many... Can I continue to count? Yeah, insurance that you must pay. You know, all kinds of... There's hardly anyone here right now who is a responsible adult that, does, that has not signed or that's not in any contract as I speak. Are we still together? Yeah. Our lives are powered by agreements and contracts. Even to human contracts, because marriage itself is a covenant. Yeah. Business partnerships, we have to sign the dotted lines. Many of us are certain businesses that you own certain number of shares, and other people own. You have to sign, you know, the CSC or company house or whatever different part of the world that you live. Whatever kind of, you know, regulatory body that oversees enterprises, you have to sign and your names are there. Everything we do, without agreement, contract, covenant, our world will be in a chaos. Nobody will be held accountable for anything. And then we can do as we like. Because some people are looking at me right now. Some people don't look like they want to go to work tomorrow. But when you remember... Now you have an employment contract <laughs> that says you must show up at 8 a.m., then you receive grace. <laughs> and just show up. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. So our lives are powered by the agreement we enter into, the contract we signed, and the covenants we embrace. Can I say that one more time? I said our lives are powered by agreements we enter into, the contract we signed, and the covenants that we embrace. And there's one covenant that is most powerful, extremely essential, that all of us must participate in, and that we must embrace. Because it's the ultimate, the ultimate agreement, the ultimate covenant that exists, and that's to have a covenant with God. And in this first teaching of this new series... I'm emphasizing the potency of the new covenant, so I call this the new the potency of the new, the new covenant, the new covenant. Even the Bible is divided into old and new covenant, the word covenant and testament are the same. Yeah, so when you carry your Bible and you say old testament, new testament, that testament is the same as covenant. The old testament was all about. God's covenant with Abraham and the lineage of Abraham. That's the summary of it. And it foreshadows the covenant of Christ with his blood. So everything shows us from page to page. The entire Old Testament is about Christ. When God told Abraham, go and slaughter your son. It was about how God was going to send his own son to be slaughtered by human beings. Yeah. So everything foreshadows what God had in mind so that we can learn how it will work between us and God, we saw it work in the life of Abraham with God. Is somebody still with me today? So in Matthew 26, from verse 26... I read from the Amplified Translation, the Bible says, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, to the disciples, and said, Take it, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it. To them saying, drink from this, drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new and better. Can someone say after me, new, new. And, better. and better? Say it again, say new, new. And, better. and better. For the last time, new, new. And, better. and better. Jesus emphasized that this is my blood of the new and better covenant, which ratifies the agreement and is being poured out for many as a substitutionary atonement for the forgiveness of sin. So, at the last supper, Jesus sat with his disciples, who are representatives of you and I, And he underscores the fact that there's a new and better covenant. Premise on his blood that was going to be shed for them. That covenant is new, even better than the covenant of Abraham. Though the foundation was laid in the covenant of Abraham, so we can take all of our lessons from there, but there's something newer. Something better that is coming from this new arrangement. Glory be to God. So contrasts have always existed between men and nations. It has clear objectives, clear times, clear responsibilities, and all that. Some human contrasts involve, you know, covenants or promises. While some human contracts are just plain, some people have learned to treat contracts with respect, while some people have learned not to respect contracts. In some parts of the world, handshakes are okay. In some other parts of the world, we draw blood. Yeah. You know, somebody was saying the other time that when we have government transitions, especially in Nigeria, I read this on Twitter. One of those boys who just rant. Now, uh, instead of saying they should use uh, religious books to take out of office, we should be using our forefathers. Uh, he mentioned one, said Otu or something like that. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. He said those gods, they they are instant in their judgment. But that the God of the Bible is too merciful. That like when somebody take hold of office and he says he's going to serve us well, he's not going to steal. The first time he signs a contract and collects kickback, thunder will just fire him. Yeah, that one, you know, we don't have to wait for four years. <laughs> and it will not make political office attractive. I, I'm not saying we should go that way. I'm just talking. Yeah. I'm just saying what I read. <laughs> I hope I know when politicians read that kind of thing, they will just say they'll just turn their eyes to say this one the devil is using this person. <laughs> but I really wonder if we ever tried if many more people will contest for position. Yeah, let's leave that story for another day. Praise God. I said, Praise God. <laughs> Look at your neighbor. Say it's time to walk in the covenant. Many people are used to treating covenants anyhow, like I was saying. But God expects us to treat, treat covenants with respect. Because God is a stickler for covenant, not just any kind of relationship, like I said before. God's covenant with man has always been at the instance of God. God has always been chasing us. And his covenant has always been fueled by love that he has for us. Let me show you something. In Genesis 17, we'll read maybe just the first three verses or so. It's a long read that, you know, I would encourage you to read after now, Genesis 17, Genesis 15. It shows us how God, you know, emphasized his covenant with Abraham. After he called Abraham in Genesis 12, then he came in Genesis 15 and then Genesis 17 and re emphasized the covenant to Abraham. And it's the same way he still works with us, with you and I, always looking out for us inviting us into a covenant with him, reminding us that all of our other agreements and contracts, as important as they are, our covenant with him is what holds all of them together. You can sign a list. Or even sign a purchase agreement and buy a palatial mansion. But it's a covenant of peace that will give you sleep inside your mansion. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. There are people who have bought big houses, but they cannot sleep inside it. Because there are covenants that are chasing them all over the place. Yeah. But when you come into a covenant with Jehovah, he is the Prince of Peace. And he manifests himself in your life as a prince of peace all the time. And you still with me today. Yeah. When you come into a covenant with Jehovah, he is Jehovah, the man of war. Yeah. There's no security in the universe that surpasses that. They, you know, the superpower in the world cannot handle him. If you doubt, go and ask Pharaoh. Because he was superpower at the time. But a single person under a covenant with God, sent by God, that same man in Exodus chapter 3 that I quoted before, where God told Moses, and the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the one sending you under that same covenant, Pharaoh could not handle Moses. All this morning of we are inviting you to a court for security. And you are still coming to church. Wake up now. Wake up. Yeah. Here's your head. It is the God of the universe that we are serving here. Not the God of your fathers. Yeah. If you want to remain at a level, go and join the court. But you see this court that we have here in the blood of Jesus? It supersede any occultic power in the universe. Yeah. You see, some people want to scare you. They will pull the head of a chicken and drink the blood. And everybody will be shivering. Yeah. Everybody will be shivering. Yeah. They say there's one, 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 one old man. One old man. Yeah. They will just slice the head of a goat. And they'll be sprinkling the blood. And everybody will run away. When Jesus hung on the cross, it was the blood of the sinless son of God the only sinless personality that walked the face of the earth the blood of bulls and animals cannot handle that covenant if only you would take your time to read the book of hebrews from start to finish and i give you an assignment everyone in this church through this series read hebrews from start to finish Paul broke, or the writer of the book of Hebrews broke down the efficacy of the covenant that we have in the blood of Jesus and compared what subsists before then to what we came into in Christ. Well, many Christians are lazy. So to do book study or character study or chapter study, of the Word of God has become a problem. But you can study Instagram. Because eh? when you look at the screen time of some people and what how much time you spent on certain halves and web pages, even God knows that you're not serious about the covenant. Yeah. You don't have to say it. God knows. And it's waiting for you that when you are ready, we'll be here together. But this one that you're doing now, you're playing. You know there's a social media meme that says they play. Just they play. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: And that's what most people are doing. Just, just they play. Uh-huh. The only problem is that this play play can lead to crying. Yeah. And it then looks like God is not faithful. But God is faithful. Can you hear me tell your neighbor, say God is faithful. God say Stop playing. That's the way to balance it. Because God is faithful. It's only when we turn the covenant to play, that's when it looks like God is not faithful. Glory be to Jesus. Genesis 17 verse 1, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said to him, I'm almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will... Make my covenant between me and you. And we multiply you exceedingly. The Bible says, then Abraham fell on his face. And God talked with him, saying, as for me, behold. Look at that again. My covenant is with you. So God literally was also telling Abraham, stop playing. This covenant is real. My covenant is with you. And the one who invited you into a covenant, I will be faithful to my covenant. Don't be consumed with the fact that you have waited. You are now 99 years old. My covenant is still real. And I will still be faithful to my covenant. And I'm saying that to somebody here today, notwithstanding how long you have waited, God's covenant is still real in your life. And it's still going to manifest according to God's divine will for your life. Oh, say a better, amen. amen. Then Abraham fell on his face, and God talked to him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but your name, will be called, uh, 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 your name shall no longer be called Abraham, your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you, made you a father of many nations. And I will make you exceedingly fruitful. And I will make nations of you and kings uh, shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you. Look at that. God just talking about, I want to do this thing. I want to work deeply with you. I want to bring you. I don't want to do just agreement. Uh, No, this is a covenant. It's a covenant. Said, so I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Can I say to somebody here today, I make bold to say it, that God will be faithful to you concerning your children. Yeah. Notwithstanding what the enemy is trying, you need to know that God is faithful to his covenant. That's why we dedicate our children to him. So if you have brought your children to the altar, notwithstanding what the devil is trying in their life right now, remember the day you dedicated that child to God. Because God is faithful. God is faithful to his covenant. And if he didn't fail Abraham, he will not fail us. Can I get a better amen from somebody? Glory be to God. So, Some covenants are entered into by words. Some are entered into by action. If you're an African, you understand the foundation of covenants. How do I know? Because you watch Hollywood movies. Yeah. And you have seen it there two people will come into agreement and they will say, if you turn against this agreement, thunder will fire you. And you just see one day, somebody has done something and it will be raining. And you know the way they depict it. And all of a sudden you just say, Brr! and they will say somebody has died. <laughs> and they will say, ah, it broke the covenant. If you haven't seen that before, you didn't live in Africa. <laughs> so, we understand what covenants are about. You've seen two people before coming to an agreement, and then, you know, they'll prepare palm wine in a bowl or calabash, and you say, yeah, drop your blood, they'll use something to slit, like two or three drops, and then the other person drops it, and they shake it. They're doing that not even knowing that the scripture says the life of the flesh is in the blood. So if I drink your blood, you drink my blood, our life has been mingled together. So whatever we say to each other, we stand. (laughs) If that works in the realm of man, to the point that for centuries, people govern their relationships based on such agreement, supervised by evil spirits, And it's worked? How then do you think that the blood of Jesus bringing us into a covenant with God will not bring us into a new and better experience? <laughs> we will definitely come into new and better experiences. The only thing God is asking of us today is to have respect for the covenant. To have respect for the covenant. And that's part of what we're going to be emphasizing in this series as we go into different areas of the covenant. But for
1: the little time that I have
0: today, I want to emphasize, because we're still laying foundations,
1: and I want to encourage you to follow through with this series, because this will not leave you
0: the same. I want to just emphasize, in summary, three thoughts about the new covenant, that you must allow to sink in into you, in this first teaching. Psalm 74, verse 20, in the New Living Translation, gives us an understanding from the meditations of the psalmist. It says, Remember your covenant promises, for the land is full of darkness and violence. New King James says, have respect
1: for the covenant.
0: Say, for the dark place of the heart are filled with habitation of cruelty or haunts of cruelty. Yeah. This is the time. If there's a time to have respect for the covenant, to understand the covenant, to walk in the covenant, this is the season violence and cruelty pervades everywhere the only way to walk unscathed in this kind of situation is to have a renewed commitment a renewed respect for the covenant are you still with me yeah renewed respect for the covenant there's financial violence out there there's political violence there's emotional violence Mental health sickness is all-time high. People are brutalized emotionally. If you refuse to have respect for the covenant, you leave yourself unprotected. The covenant is the only hiding place for every believer. Yeah, that's the only hiding place for every believer. In a world that is, you know, rife with violence and cruelty, the covenant... Is the only hiding place and that's why you must get this understanding very very well at this time glory be to Jesus so the new covenant in Christ is the highest and most powerful blood covenant in the entire world that's the highest you know covenants are in levels we've talked about casual agreement covenants that people enter into with words Contracts that we sign with dotted lines. But covenants supersede all kinds of agreement because it's based on blood. But even amongst blood covenants, the highest is the one that was introduced to us through the sinless, the blood of the sinless Son of God. So, as I wrap this up, Three thoughts and implications about the new covenant. One, the new covenant is about inclusion. It's unlike an ordinary contract that is about transaction. Yeah. This covenant we're talking about is about inclusion. Inclusion. When you come into covenant with God... Is that God wants to include you in His family? Covenants are about family, contracts are about gain. Many of us are too full of contract mindset. You know, when you're about to sign a contract, all your antennas will go up. You're looking for maximum gain. Yeah. What is God's motivation? for wants to come into a covenant with you and I, just like he did with Abraham. What should be his motivation? His number one motivation is love and inclusion into his family. What do you have that impresses God? Yeah. All that you have is nothing to God. That's why today, I mean, we're going to get into covenant of stewardship very soon in this series. Today, when people have small money, And nobody can talk to you again, including God. Yeah. And everything that you have is changed. In fact, if there's another word to use, coins, or what do we call it? Whatever. I don't care how many billions of dollars you have stacked up. It's nothing when you come to the realm of God. The God who created the heavens and the earth and everything within it. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And then you own uh, 20 real estate. And then you're feeling like a big boy. Before the one who says the head is his own. <laughs> you must be a joker. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. That's where, you know, God speaks to you that he needs what you have, and you don't know it's because he loves you, it's to your advantage. <laughs> We're well, going to get into that, you know, more seriously in the course of the teaching, but I just want you to understand that covenant is about family. It's it's about inclusion. You are loved and worthy of love. Yeah. That's why God called us into a covenant with Himself to include us in His family. Somebody say after me, say, I'm included by the covenant in God's family. Say, I'm not alone, I'm not a stranger to God, I'm part of the family. I was brought in by the covenant in Christ Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. So it's important that you and I have that understanding. First Peter 2 and verse 10. It says, Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but have now obtained mercy. But now I've obtained mercy. Talking about us. We used to be outside defense. We have been brought into the family. That's the power of the covenant. It's not just about contract of what to get. No. It's about inclusion. When you are included, you are no longer thinking of what to get. Everything belongs to you. Because you are not part of the family. Glory be to Jesus. It's very important that we have that understanding. So, being a part of the body of Christ is a big deal. Yeah. Because the body of Christ is God's exclusive family on earth. Glory be to Jesus. Secondly, this covenant is about ways, entrances, and leverage. Ways, entrances, and leverage. It creates open doors. It gives us leverage. See, ordinarily, in the olden days, and even in the Bible days, kings come into alignment and come into contract or covenant to be able to fight a mutual enemy together. Is somebody still following me? Yeah. So when you want to do that, you look for somebody... Who has what you don't have so that you can synergize and face a common enemy? And that's how people forge covenants. And they insist that those covenants run from generation to generation. But in our alignment with God and in our covenant with God, we are the weak, the needy. The ones that need help, God cannot reduce, he cannot increase. It is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He does not need security, neither does he need support or encouragement. That God now seeks after you and I. It must be to our advantage, not to his advantage. Are we say together? Yeah. That's why we call it a leverage. So God calls us first into salvation, then introduces transformation into our heart, and then walks in us completely through our DNA. So I'm not who I used to be. This brings me into, you know, a new realm when I come into a covenant with God. Can I tell you this very sincerely? That whether you like it or not, your background It's part of your definition. Yeah. Biologically speaking, I'm a combination of the genes of my parents. When I go for medical tests and all that and they ask funny questions, sometimes I cringe. The first time they asked me whether uh, any of my parents or grandparents and all that uh, had uh, glaucoma. And I remember that my, I think my grandfather or great grandfather on my mother's side, when I said it, the doctor said, Oh, okay, that means uh, we we'll have to watch out for it. I said, What are you watching out for? We <laughs> don't watch out for anything. I am in Christ. Yeah, <laughs> that lineage, that man died a long time ago, and I cut off from glaucoma. <laughs> you don't know how such things make you feel, they just say, Hey, it's a possibility. It, 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 they ask for instance has anybody had cancer in your family that is your natural family in the family that jesus introduced you to there's no cancer there yeah so you don't allow your natural family to intimidate the efficacy of the covenant yeah some of us here have parents who struggled in marriage And some of them just continue to do and undo. My father had so many women in his life that I have 20 years of marriage today with one woman. Is Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Only Jesus can do that. The lineage has changed. I tell you for free, when I was growing up in my father's house, one of my major concerns in life is how I'm going to remain married to one woman. Because I just could not see the possibility based on what I was seeing here with all my uncles and my father and all of them. But 20 years later, our God remains faithful. I'm sharing my testimony for you to know that the covenant works. Yeah. Romans 8 and 15. For we have not received the spirit of bondage against to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption or spirit of sonship. Yeah. By whom we cry, Abba Father. Abba Father means your gene is my gene. Oh, that's what it means. Daddy. When you call somebody daddy, you are responding to the genetic connection. Are you still with me today? Yeah. So, with that, you are severing every other genetic connection that is against the covenant. Our father, my daddy, ultimate daddy, that I want to be connected to forever. Every other daddy. Glory be to God. Apologies to daddies. I'm one too. But you see, when you you have a covenant daddy, the covenant is flowing and it will continue to flow. That's why, you know, it's so sweet. Even when God introduces himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we saw some of the limitations that showed up in the life of Abraham that wanted to limit the covenant. Like lying about his wife, which Isaac also genetically went and lied about his wife. (laughs) See this gene thing. It's a serious matter. Yeah. If you want to know the power of genes, this is it. Imagine that your grandfather died at age five. your grandfather died at age five, you will never be you today. It's not possible. It will take time for you to think through that. (laughs) Yeah. If your grandfather died at age five, you will never be you today. At best, you'll be somebody else. If you exist. That's how powerful it is. You are you today because your grandfather became an adult that became father and then your father and father you and that's the, the rest is history <laughs> that's how powerful lineage is yeah but there's one that is called the ancient of days he has lived forever he's still alive and in christ we have no limitation to his effect in our lives say amen somebody amen. or say better amen somebody amen. last today. Covenants are about joint life outcomes. Contracts can leave the party unchanged, but covenants are about joint life outcomes. How do I mean? The fact that you sign a rent contract with your landlord does not mean that your life will be better. Landlord will only collect rent and pay students' school fees. When you come into covenant, It's with God especially. It supersedes contract. It's about joint life. The new covenant is about joint life outcome. As he is, so are we in this world. Our life must turn out the same like God. The life of God, eternal life, is now being introduced into me by the covenant. We are going to turn out the same way. Yeah. That's what is emphasized in Hebrews 12. When you read from verse 22, as I close... It's about joint life outcome. Uh, uh, there was a description of how we all show up in Zion. How we are. Hebrews 12 and 22 put it up. It said, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. To, he uh, said, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Uh, next verse, quickly. It says, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn registered in heaven, talking about all of us, said to God, the judge of all, and to the spirit of just men made perfect. Those are the ones in heaven who have already gone. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. This is the description. All of us together, we have a joint life outcome, plus God, plus Jesus, plus the saints that have gone, plus the saints that remain, we radiate the same glory. Are you still with me today? Yeah? The whole essence is that we may be like Christ. It's a joint life outcome. That's what the covenant has to offer. Not that somebody say, Jesus is okay, but we are not okay. Or God is happy, but the children are not happy. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, it's about joint life outcome. Yeah. Just qualifies us for unusual glory, unusual elevation. Yeah. Going up with God, united with the Father, and having the same experience with the Father. Is somebody ready for that experience this season? Rise on your feet, everybody. Rise on your feet, everybody. Glory to God. Lift your two hands to Jesus and say, Father, thank you for the power of the covenant. Thank you for the power of the covenant. Thank you for the power of the covenant. And who am I that the highest king will welcome me? I was lost, but oh, he can me. Lift your two hands to heaven, multimedia, get it. Get the lyrics for us. i i want us to sing it again from the beginning you know how the holy spirit brought this song to my heart is just that first beat god is always chasing us for a covenant walk who am i that the highest king will welcome me some people are looking for networks cult groups to enter when god of the universe is chasing after you I want you to sing this song from your heart and open up your heart to God today. You are going to start to see the effect of the covenant in your life like never before. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone online, everyone at every center, let's sing it together. for the efficacy of the covenant somebody go ahead worship him today bless his name bless his name you are who God says you are you are chosen not forsaken you are accepted not rejected (laughs) you are washed in his blood father we thank you for the power of the covenant thank you for the benefit of inclusion of acceptance, of support. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we bless your name. We thank you, everlasting Father. In the precious name of Jesus. Send out to the prayer and worship. I want to lead us in just one or two prayer. And I'm going to invite everyone... Who has not enter into God's family? To join God's family today, and I'm not talking about church. Yeah, you can be in church, but yet not be in God's family. Yeah, it's about covenant. There are many people in church who are not in covenant with God. But before I pray for such people, I want each and every one of us to lift our voice right now. Galatians three and verse thirteen, the Bible says, "Christ has redeemed us." From the curse of the law. Huh. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone that hung on the tree. There are agreements, contracts, and lesser covenants that seek to nullify the efficacy of the covenant that we have in Christ. When you disrespect Covenants with, you know, for instance, employment contract, you treat it anyhow, marriage contract, you treat it anyhow, you treat other contracts anyhow, just because you are in contract with God or covenant with God, it reduces the efficacy of the covenant because God will not break his word because of you. We're going to pray today and speak and declare the blood of Jesus because in the blood we have Mercy. Mercy. The prerogative of mercy. Any agreement, covenant, contract that may be running in the background of your life, knowingly or knowingly, <laughs> that are contrary to the dictates of the divine covenant, I want you to speak against it right now. In the name of Jesus. In any way that you may be enabling a covenant that is already abolished, Because sometimes just with words, you are reactivating old covenant that Jesus has nullified. I wanted to declare today, in the name of Jesus, I nullify contrary covenants, contrary agreements. Whatever action, whatever word coming out of my mouth that reinforces an old covenant, I stand against it in the name of Jesus. I nullify such covenants by the power in the blood. I receive grace to walk in the world so that any covenant that is contrary will not hold sway over my life. We invoke the power of mercy over everyone who had influence of this service. We decree that contrary covenants are nullified. Limiting agreements are destroyed. In the name of Jesus. Contrast within family lineage, we stand against them. In the name of Jesus. We initiate again the divine power in the blood covenant that we have in Christ. We declare this season, we will have respect unto it. We will walk in the fullness of it in the name of Jesus Christ. My coat to prene la gante kende yekororo Rodobosha. If prene legete ke de Thank you, Jesus. Maan branangele kuto bayada. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Curses are enabled. When covenants are broken, can I say that one more time? Curses are enabled when covenants are broken. So, when people break the covenant of marriage, for instance, break business contracts, you know, just with anyhow attitude, curses are enabled. You don't need a prophet to tell you that. In normal human transactions, you have to respect agreements and contract. Before we are introduced to Christ, we saw it in our forefathers. An evil spirit ride on them because they are natural laws that must be obeyed. I want us to pray today. Whatever in any way that you may have broken a covenant that has enabled a curse. The Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The scripture says there's no enchantment against Jacob, neither any divination against Israel that
1: will stand. Yeah. The
0: blood of Jesus, the Bible says, speaks better things than the blood of Abel. I want you to shout mercy and proclaim the mercy of God over your household. And concerning any curse that may have been enabled, we decree the prerogative of mercy in this service. Let it come upon everyone under the influence of this service, everyone watching online, everyone at every location in the name of Jesus. Anyone who has broken the covenant of marriage, who has been exposed to a curse, we nullify curses in the name of Jesus. Everyone who has broken business contracts and has attracted curses upon business endeavors, we proclaim and declare the mercy of God in the name of Jesus. Mercy prevail over judgment. In the name of Jesus, Father, we invoke the power of mercy that is in your blood. And we ask, let your mercy prevail. Let your mercy prevail. Let your mercy prevail. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we honor you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy. Satan will declare mercy says no. Mercy says no. Mercy says no that that marriage will not be broken. Yeah. Mercy says no that that business will no longer go down. Yeah. Mercy says no that an end has come to the oppression of that cancer. Yeah. Mercy says no that that person's mind must be restored now. Yeah. We break that curse of insanity. We command you, go in the name of Jesus. Mercy says no. Mercy will declare restoration over your household. Whatever the curse has licked up, we command it restored. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We love you, our Father say with all its bowed, in this location, and every other location and online, there's anyone listening to me right now, anyone connected to this service, and you cannot say that you have a bona fide covenant with God. I'm not saying whether you have been attending church or not, but you, can, you can't boldly say that I'm a covenant child of a covenant-keeping God. I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I'm in fellowship with him and if Jesus should show up right now he knows and I know that I'm part of his family then you should be a part of this prayer all the prayer we we'll have prayed today and all the word that we we'll have shared today is premised first in that you, entered in, you have entered into a covenant with God by submitting your life to Jesus Christ and accepting his death as your sacrifice for your sin and his blood as the substitutionary atonement for your sin. Whatever you are, hearing the sound of my voice. If you want Jesus in your life, you want to start, not just, uh, you know, born again for the sake of born again, but you want to step into a covenant with God. Can I ask that you lift your right hand above your head, right where you are, and I'm going to pray for you. Just lift your right hand above your head. Thank you for those hands. Lift it well. If you are lifting it, it's to God and not to man. Yeah, it's to God and not to man. Just lift your right hand above your head right now. I'm going to pray for you. If you are online, I want to go to the chat and just say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to come into a covenant with God. Our officials are there and they will attend to you. At every other center, I want you to lift your right hand above your head right now, right now. And I'm going to pray for you. On the gallery, under the gallery, on the main floor, I want you to respond to this prayer. God is watching after you, but you have your part to play, which is to allow him God is looking for us, but you must submit yourself. Yeah, you must submit yourself. If your hand is up, and I want you to lift it well, I want you to say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I acknowledge that I need you in my life. I ask that you forgive me my sins and that you cleanse me from every unrighteousness. Say, I accept you today as my Lord and my personal Savior, I reject every covenant that wants to hold me down to the flesh. I accept the covenant that is in the blood of Jesus. So I declare that I'm now a child of God and I will walk with you the remaining days of my life. Thank you, Father.